Welcome to a new episode of Scary Stories for the Soul. Picture this. It's Halloween night, a night where traditions and superstitions come to life, and you're hanging out with your friends at Druid Ridge Cemetery in Pikesville, Maryland. The night is cold, and the wind feels like fingers crawling down your spine. Your friends are bored, and to liven things up, someone dares you to sit on Black Aggie's lap. Black Aggie, the statue that's been inexplicably eyeing you all night, is the stone motif of a woman, shrouded in heavy robes, sitting on a small bench, looking melancholy and forlorn. She marks the grave of General Felix Agnes, a Civil War veteran turned literary publisher. But you've heard the stories of Black Aggie. You've heard of the things that happen to people when they mistreat her or taunt her. And, ignoring the taunts of your friends, you say no and move away from the statue's line of sight. It's a smart move. Rumor has it that anyone who meets her gaze under the light of the full moon will mysteriously go blind for a period of time. Some, supposedly, never regain their eyesight. Pregnant women who walk through her shadow run the risk of a miscarriage or report feeling hands on their backs, pushing them to the ground. And if you were the kind of person who considered themselves brave enough to sit on Black Aggie's lap, then beware, because on Halloween night, when the moon shines down on her stone body, she comes to life and wraps her arms around you, crushing you to death. Some say that the spirit haunting Black Aggie is Annie Fulton, the wife of General Felix Agnes, who had to bury her husband and spend the rest of her life alone and in mourning. Others believe that it's the spirit of Marion Clover Adams, who committed suicide by drinking photography chemicals. Black Aggie is actually a copy of the statue entitled Grief, which originally stood on her burial plot in Rock Creek Cemetery. Maybe Annie Fulton is protecting her husband's final resting place from beyond the grave and terrorizing all those who would deface or disrespect it. Maybe Marian Adams is angry that her statue was copied without her or the original sculpture Edward Posh's permission and is taking her anger out on those who would venture to go near it. Either way, sitting on Black Aggie's lap has become a Halloween tradition that only the brave would dare to complete. Scary Stories for the Soul presents Christopher and the Wrath of Black Aggie. You could say a lot of things about Christopher Lane, but you could never say that he was a coward. He was the kind of guy who never backed down from a challenge or a dare, even if it meant streaking across the neighborhood in 25 degree weather or bungee jumping off a bridge in Costa Rica. 
it's who he was. And if none of those dares ever backfired on him, it was who he was going to be into his old age. And Christopher loved Halloween, loved the whole thing. He loved being scared and scaring other people. He loved passing out candy, checking out the creativity that people put into their costumes. He loved scary movies and pumpkin patches and going to corny Halloween-themed dances where you listen to the Monster Mash and the Time Warp 33 times in one night. That's why he was in Druid Ridge Cemetery on Halloween night with the same group of friends he had had since he was 13. Because he loved Halloween and took any opportunity to scare his friends. They had consumed enough candy and caffeine to make their teenage selves proud and worried had done a few rounds of the spirit boards someone had picked up at the local Target, and had passed out candy to the few families and kids who had gotten the same idea as them. But now they were bored and didn't know what to do. What does one do in a cemetery on Halloween night? Does anybody want to tell ghost stories? His friend Annabelle asked, shining a flashlight underneath her chin for dramatic effect. No offense, Annie, but all your ghost stories end with the same happy ending, and they're just not that scary, Christopher said, patting his friend on the back. I'll tell one, Marvin volunteered enthusiastically, and it's even based on a true story. Marvin was a history buff, and took any opportunity he could get to share historical, cinematic, or just random facts. Christopher was about to object the look on Marvin's face was just too eager. So he agreed, and they followed Marvin to a spot in the cemetery. This is Black Aggie, Marvin said, pointing to a dark statue just behind him. She looked to Christopher like a weeping woman in mourning, her face shrouded with a cloak, and her carved eyes downcast and melancholy. Black Aggie was built for General Felix Agnes, a war veteran who fell in love with his boss's daughter, Annie Fulton. Agnes bought this burial plot in the hopes that he and his wife would be able to spend all of eternity together. But what Agnes didn't anticipate is that he would die first, leaving Annie without her beloved. It's said that when Agnes was finally laid to rest, Annie kept watch over his grave day and night, unable to separate herself from the love of her life. She spent every waking moment here, and when she eventually passed away, she was finally able to rejoin her husband by being buried beside him. That's so romantic, Annabelle said, putting her chin in her hands. Not so fast, Marvin decreed, jumping up to stand next to the statue of Black Aggie, Christopher could have sworn he saw something flash in the cement eyes. Eventually, time passed on, and teenagers turned Black Aggie into their favorite tagging and makeout spot. They would come here in droves, leaving empty beer bottles, trash, and God knows what else all over the place. They would sit on Black Aggie's lap and try to carve their names into the stone. All of this, right above Felix and Annie's graves. 
finally, the cemetery had enough, and in the 1960s, Agnes' surviving family members donated the original statue to the Smithsonian, leaving behind this replica. Rumor has it that Annie's spirit roams the cemetery at night, tormenting anyone who would come and desecrate her husband's final resting place. She possesses Black Aggie, you see, and takes her revenge on them by cursing them or crushing them to death with her cold stone arms. Annabelle visibly shook underneath her jacket while Christopher studied the statue with a small smile on his face. So what's to stop Black Aggie from coming after you? He asked Marvin. You're stepping all over her spot with your dirty, muddy shoes. Marvin shot a tentative look behind him at the statue and jumped off to stand next to his friends. So what's up then, Chris? He asked. You gonna sit on Black Aggie's lap or what? Christopher had never been one to disrespect the dead. He had more brains than that. Nope. I think I'm good. I knew it. I knew you were going to be too scared. I'm not scared. I'm just not dumb, he said with a laugh. Why don't you do it? Because I actually am scared, his friend replied unashamed. I don't think any of us should do it, Annabelle said, getting to her feet. Let's let the lovers rest in peace. I dare you, Marvin said as Crossfire was walking away. Annabelle groaned loudly. He didn't know what it was that got him so hyped up for a dare, but a spark lit in Christopher's mind. There was no way he was backing down now. All right, you're on. Christopher walked over to the statue with his friends in tow and climbed up the steps until he was face to face with it, standing underneath the shadow it cast in the cemetery's artificial light. It was at least 10 degrees colder under the shadow than it had been out in the open. What do I do? He asked. Sit on her lap, Marvin said, his voice now tense. He turned around to face his friends. You don't actually have to do it, Marvin said, stepping forward but still keeping a considerable distance between himself and the grave plot. I was just messing. No, no. A dare is a dare. Christopher looked at his friends and took a slow seat on Black Aggie's lap. The cemetery stood still. Christopher and his friends became increasingly aware of the fact that they were the only ones still there. From underneath him, Chris felt a rumble, like the tremors of a small earthquake. He felt the cold eyes of the statue boring into his back. Turning slowly, he met its eyes. There were small red pinpricks floating within the dark gray cement holes. Pinpricks that gave off heat. Chris, Annabelle whispered, get off of it. Christopher slowly removed himself from the statue and walked backwards to his friends, making sure not to take his eyes off of it until he joined them. Once together, the three of them looked around at the cemetery and released nervous chuckles. 
Do you all want to go back to my place and watch movies? Marvin asked. Nodding in agreement, they made their way through the cemetery and the fog that seemed to have rolled in from out of nowhere. They walked the cobblestone path back to the entrance of the cemetery, but when they looked up to where the gates should have been, they realized that they were back at the Black Aggie statue. We must have taken a wrong turn somewhere, Christopher said as they passed the cement figure, but when they thought they had made it to the entrance again, they were back in front of Black Aggie. Sharing frightened looks, they sprinted down the path and in a matter of minutes were right back in front of the statue again. Everyone break in different directions, Christopher suggested, and the three friends bolted apart. Lungs aching, they found themselves huddled back together in front of Black Aggie. It seems as though no matter where they ran to or in what direction, the cemetery or something inside of it was not letting them leave. No matter what they did, they always returned to the same spot. What's happening? Annabelle asked, frantic. Where are all the people? Why can't we leave? Guys, look, Marvin said, pointing to a figure standing in front of Black Aggie. It was a woman, shrouded in a black lace cloak, the fabric of which dragged on the floor. She was staring up at the motif of grief, with her back turned to the trio. Excuse me, Christopher said, daring to take a step closer. Can you help us? We can't seem to leave the cemetery. The woman didn't turn around, but turned her head slightly towards them. Ma'am? Annabelle called out. Are you alright? Is there anything we can do for you? The woman turned around, but her features were still obscured by the shadows of the cloak's hood. All that was visible to them were the red pinpricks that served as her eyes. Do you know what it is to have loved and lost? The woman said in an airy, angry voice. Do you know what it is to love so deeply and then witness that love be tarnished, mocked? turned into a childish game of bravery. The trio began to back away. No, you cannot leave the cemetery, she said, and you never will. She launched herself at them, her cloak billowing in the wind. Christopher and his friends joined hands and ran as fast as they could, careful not to accidentally leave someone behind. A scream of anguish pierced the sky. They made their way to a large granite headstone and huddled behind it. What the fuck was that? Marvin's scream whispered. It's clearly the ghost of Black Aggie, you nitwit, and you two royally boned us by disrespecting Felix Agnes's grave, Annabelle replied. What do we do? Christopher asked. How the hell should I know? Maybe if we say sorry, she'll leave us alone. 
the ghostly cries grew louder and the trio ran again. Christopher turned and the shrouded figure was behind them, cement arms extended, sharp claws for hands grasping to tear them to shreds. We can't run forever, he said to his friends as they huddled behind a large oak tree. Okay, well, go over and apologize then. Yeah, Marvin agreed. You too, idiot, Annabelle chastised. It was your stupid idea to begin with. Christopher poked his head out to see if the spirit was close by. When she was nowhere to be found, they tiptoed their way back to the statue of Black Aggie. The fog in the cemetery was thick and viscous, but didn't reach the statue. There was a perfect clearing surrounding it, as if the fog could not enter the area where the statue and where the bodies of Felix and Annie laid. Christopher walked up to the Black Aggie statue with trembling legs. Listen, I'm sorry I sat on your lap. I'm sorry I disrespected you. It was wrong of me, and I'm sorry. I've learned my lesson. And I'm sorry too, Marvin said, walking close but not daring to get near the statue. I shouldn't have dared him to do it. You deserve peace and, and rest and not to be used as some Halloween attraction. For a few seconds, nothing happened. All was quiet in the cemetery. The ghostly shrieks stopped, and the trio thought that everything was going to be okay. But then a rumbling sound echoed through the cemetery as the statue of Black Aggie came to life. She stood from her stone bench and towered over Christopher, who was frozen with fear. Marvin stumbled backwards, unknowingly planting himself on top of Felix and Annie's graves. The statue extended its arms and dragged Christopher into its stone embrace. Annabelle heard his bones break and pop, watched as his face turned blue and his body went limp as she squeezed the life out of him. From down below, skeletal hands jutted out of the earth, wrapping themselves around Marvin's ankles. The earth caved in and the hands dragged Marvin down. He tried to claw at the dirt to free himself, but he was swallowed into the cold, wet soil. Annabelle tried to run, but the hooded specter appeared behind her, grabbing her by the arms and forcing her to witness the atrocities. See, it said, see and let the others know what happened tonight. The following day, November 1st, Annabelle led the police to the crumbled body of Christopher laying before Black Aggie. Underneath what looked like a fresh grave, they found Marvin. His hair had turned white with fear. The police had no evidence to tie Annabelle to the deaths. Besides, she was rambling about ghosts and statues, so anything she said had to be taken with a grain of salt. She spent a few years in a local mental health facility before being released, but her story never changed. The ghost of Black Aggie had come and murdered her friends, she said, all because of a Halloween dare. There are those in Pikesville who say that Annabelle still hangs around the Druid Ridge Cemetery. 
She wears a mourning cloak of black lace and runs off kids who might try to get near Black Aggie. They say that the ghost kept her alive for that reason, to remind people of what happens when you disrespect the dead. Throughout the month of October, we will be releasing a new episode every week leading up to the big day, Halloween. Tune into new episodes on Spotify, Anchor, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Don't forget to follow Scary Stories for the Soul on Instagram and Twitter, and rate the show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you have any legends, myths, or ghost stories you want to see covered on the show, email your ideas to scarystoriesforthesoul2020 at gmail.com. This has been Isabel Cortez. Till next time.